the Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get food again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. You know, when you hear that intro, we have a packed show. We definitely do. It's Tuesday. We got Pastor Greg coming on at the bottom of the hour. Um, he's got some interesting stories uh, from the border, and we're going to tie that in with uh, an interesting article about uh, the cartel control of the border area. So we got plenty to talk about. And then also, um, Comptroller of the State. Comptroller of the State. You know, about the only thing I know about is the Comptroller is I think they can they sign the checks. Well, we have Mark Golubik for uh, running against uh, Mr. Hagar, who is the incumbent. And um, so uh, we're going to have uh, Mr. Gullaby on here for a few minutes. And um, so we'll uh, find out uh, what does the comptroller do and uh, what is Section 313. If you go to markgullabyfortexas.com, um, and that's M-A-R-K, Gullaby, G-O-L-O-B-Y, Gullaby for Texas.com. He immediately talks about Section 313. So when we get him on the phone, we will ask about that. Um, we got some things on your calendar. Hopefully uh, the uh, forum went well last night. Would uh, love to hear a report on it. I got a little bit of report from uh, Harley this morning. But uh, this Saturday, we've got a couple of things going on. If you can go to te- uh, uh, Austin on uh, Saturday, SaveTexasRally.com. Go check it out. I'm looking at it right now. Save Texas Rally. It says, why are we rallying and uh, protect our borders, ban vaccine mandates and medical tyranny, address critical and uh, critical race theory and sexual grooming in Texas? I mean, it just goes on. Our conservative issues, there's going to be a stand, a rally for our conservative issue, peaceful and prayerful. And uh, so that is this Saturday. It starts at 1 o'clock on the south steps of the Capitol. 1 o'clock. I'll be there. I hope to see you there. Then um, if you cannot go to um, Austin on Saturday, then prayer the uh, prayer at the Zion Lutheran Church at 1 o'clock for our city, our county, and our country, and our state. Uh, that's at 1 o'clock. This was the prayers that was the first uh, Saturday prayers that were happening out in front of the courthouse, but for cold weather are going to move into Zion Lutheran um, the first Saturday of every month, and that's in Kerrville. So, um Folks, uh, we're going to take a short break here so we can go out a little early for Mr. Gullaby. And uh, then uh, let's see. Uh, oh, will give you a little bit of poor Richard's. Uh, oh, here's a good one about his history. Historians relate not so much what is done as they would have believed. In other words, uh, historians uh, are writing what they would like to believe is what he's saying. Doesn't sound like things have changed in uh, since 1739 when it comes to historians rewriting history. Folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be back with Mark Gullaby.
folks. We are back. We are back. I think I can hear myself here. Um, we are back and uh, have on the line with me Mr. Mark Gullaby. He is running for, he is a candidate for comptroller of the state of Texas. His website is Mark, and that's Mark with a K, Mark Gullaby, that's G-O-L-O-B-Y, for Texas.com. Mark Gullaby, F-O-R, Texas.com. Y'all check that out. Welcome, Mr. Gullaby. Well, thank you. I enjoy it. Thank you very much for reaching out. So I, I have one question that is always the first question I uh, ask uh, candidates who are running in, against an incumbent. All right. If you thought the incumbent was doing a good job, you wouldn't even be considering this. And so anytime an incumbent is being challenged, uh, the challenger must feel like there's something that the incumbent's not doing correctly. Would you tell us why you think we need to replace our comptroller of public accounts in Texas, Mr. Hagar? Uh, well, because uh, I worked uh, for uh, on a project for five years called Chapter 313 of the Texas Tax Code. And this was one of these, quote-unquote, economic development plans that um, the essentially the taxpayers were paying $200,000 to various companies and windmills and projects to generate a $65,000 a year job. Mm -hmm. This legislative session, so that took, I traveled the state and and uh, made people aware of this program. They, they pressured the legislature and we got rid of Chapter 313 in this legislative session. Then the comptroller said, well, then I'm not going to tell the people of Texas how much this program costs. It's a billion-dollar-a-year program. It's almost 1% of the, te of the Texas budget, and it's not going to services, and it's not going to agents, agencies. It's going to profits. And um, so, uh, again, after going through and getting rid of this program, that motivated me then to say, well, no, you're going to have to be, uh, you cannot change your reporting and be less transparent. And last week, he backed down and said, no, he had to abandon that plan. So that's great. And, but why would you consider a plan like that? Why would you want to be less transparent? So we had Section 313 here, and I pulled it up. I was looking at your website and and, and frankly, I didn't even know what 313 was. You know, there are things we I pay attention to. I can't keep up with everything. And so I'm reading 313, and you're telling me that uh, 313 was eliminated this year or what? Um, because it's called the um, Special Property Tax Revisions, uh, Texas Economic Development Plan, um, and so that's basically gone. What if, if it's gone? What was it before? Tell us a little bit more about it. I'm a little confused. It it uh, it basically was up for renewal this session, and it was allowed to expire in the Senate. Okay. So it just so it just expired, and so it's not renewed. So it's gone. The problem is is that number one is while the program is expired. Companies can still apply for these 313s through December 31st of 2022, this year. 
Okay. And then you have a four-year grace period, and then you've got a 10-year agreement. So Texans will be paying for this and through 2037 at a billion-plus a year. So, and, again, that's why. Okay. You know, you, yeah, we can't. No, you can't go through there and reduce the transparency. So and the, as I look through the. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting you. So I, I just wanted to make sure we were all staying on the same page. So it's gone away, but it's kind of like it's tapering off. And you wanted uh, Hagar to tell us how much money was in there and how it was being spent. Is that, am I following that? And there was a refusal to do that or a, a, a desire not to do that? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, so you go through there, and, and I was able to go through and calculate that uh, 40% of these uh, abatements are coming from two school districts. All right, along the, uh, the uh, Gulf Coast, I was able to go through there and uh, talk about how the Texas taxpayers built a four billion dollar grid for the windmills, mm. and then now we got to pay the windmills to put the uh, put their uh, wind turbines on our grid mm. we, that we built for them. Right, um, and he just didn't like the fact that somebody could actually take all this data and calculate those kind of make those kind of uh, projections and then say hey look we're paying two hundred thousand dollars for a sixty five thousand dollar a year job mm. and that's not economic development no paying windmills to put their windmills on a four billion dollar grid that we built for them that's not economic development and it definitely doesn't bring a return to the taxpayers and it doesn't re- uh, bring a return back to the treasury which is what a comptroller should be most concerned about. Is so, we're going to make these investments. We're going to provide these economic incentives. Where's the payback? Okay, so give me a give me a hint here. There, um, the the um, comptroller. All I've ever known about the comptroller. All right, this I'm going to just embarrass myself. Everything I've ever known about the comptroller is summed up in this. It's the person who signs the checks for the state of Texas. So help me out, give me a better job description than that, because I'm sure there's more to it than that. So uh, help me out there. Sure, sure. Uh, Yes, I mean, uh, you're right, but he's also the one that uh, looks over the sales tax, so he looks over the revenue of the state as well, and and the expenditures, and the collection of of, uh, federal excise taxes and the remittance of those to the the, – federal government, and then he oversees these uh, Chapter 313 agreements. He's the person who uh, looks over the applications and then says that they qualify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, he has a lot of say over these uh, agreements. And as you uh, look into these agreements and um, you find out that instead of looking at it and saying, I'm sorry, I mean, I think there's only like uh, – Two percent or three percent of these are ever rejected, and uh, there's uh, a lot of evidence that instead of saying, "Well, I'm sorry, this doesn't quite qualify," uh, he helps the applicant uh, fill out the document so it does qualify. Mm. You know that so really there's there's a, being a gatekeeper. He's a, he's a, not quite a, a, a strict gatekeeper on the process it sounds like he's more of a host a uh, host you know come on in uh, the party's started and uh 
And, yeah, come on in. It sounds like he's a host is what it sounds like. You have a pretty good uh, website up. I will tell folks about it. Mark, that's Mark with a K, Golaby. Am I pronouncing your name right, sir? Yes, sir. Golaby, uh-huh. Yep. Golaby, Mark Golaby, 4, F-O-R, Texas.com. Um, you can go check out that website. Um, let's see, um, the, I think if you're in with, uh, if your job is also part of looking at the windmills and the, uh, that kind of money, then where on these alternative forms of energy, I know you've kind of given us a little bit of hint, where, where do you stand on these, uh, quote, renewable sources? Well, uh, on that one, I think uh, I can uh, quote uh, Senator Kel Seliger, who testified or was on the committee for the Texas Natural Resources and Economic Development, who uh, literally came out and said that these uh, renewables are not supposed to be counted in a power generator's base. Okay. So uh, that, to me, tells me a lot of what uh, we need to know about these renewables when one of the biggest proponents is already saying, well, no, that, you know, you don't, uh, they don't count that power. That's just, that's just power. It's right. not part of their base. Okay. <laughs> so we're not going to rely on it. We're not going to rely on it. You can't rely on it because it's not, we don't count it as part of their base. So if I'm applying for some kind of application, I can generate a hundred thousand megawatts or, you know, whatever. And 80,000 of it is renewable or 20,000 is renewable, then I can only put on my application I'm going to generate 80,000 megawatts, mm. if I understand the senator's uh, uh, statement. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, Senator Selinger. He's about one of the most uh, uh, liberal uh, senators we have in the state of Texas. Um, so uh, what? let me see, I'm looking again at your uh, website, the... You know, one of the things that um, that these uh, uh, power companies, these windmill factories will come in and do, and their, their first application will be to go to the local school district, and they will want a break on their taxes from the local school district for a certain period of time. Is that a decision that the uh, locals are able to make? Is that something that needs to be run by the comptroller before it's approved, or do you know... Uh, do you know anything about that situation? Well, those are the three thirteens. Okay. Those are that's the way the school district. Again, you go through and you look at this program. We've got unelected school superintendents running statewide economic development. Ah, there you go. <laughs> that that, <laughs> that was a, that was a sentence we needed to hear. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's uh, essentially. I mean, that's what you have, and so then. Uh, you get into, well, you know, the boards vote for it, and it, it gets very convoluted because then the school districts get what they call a pilot, which is a payment in lieu of taxes. Okay. So the taxes, and then, so that's the company gives 40% on average. Uh, these are calculations, but uh, those are numbers that I've gotten from people who are for and against these uh, Chapter uh, 313s. And uh, so 40%. Uh, is given back to the company, uh, I mean, back to the school district. So they get 100% from you and I. So okay. if, the, if the school district gives up an abatement, so, they're t- so they have less taxes, okay? And um, so then instead of being 
uh, not lo- losing that uh, revenue. They just go to the state of Texas and they put them, make them whole. Yeah. 100%. There you go. And that so comes, then, yeah. Then they, then they turn to the company and say, give 40% of it back. All right. And then they're able to uh, reduce their contributions to the recapture or Robin Hood, mm. which again, if the Robin Hood is, is, uh, has less than the, um, uh, taxpayers have to make up the difference. Okay. So the taxpayers get hit. The taxpayers get hit, number one, with paying for the abate, they, the, what they call the levy loss for the school district. The school district gets another 40% back, and then the taxpayers have to make up for any kind of shortfall in the recapture process. So it gets to be a very, very convoluted uh, process. And it- so you get now you get into the well, property taxes are, are way up, and they're way high, and they're this, and they're that. Well, we know our appraisal system is basically fraudulent because we're able to go through there and work with some of these companies and write down their property values by 84 on average, sometimes 99%. There's a trillion, almost a trillion dollars of undervalued assets across the state of Texas. Mm. Because of this chapter three thirteen, yeah, it's, so, it's yeah, yeah. yeah, it sounds like a big old scheme that ends up with just taxpayers paying more money. Is is it possible for uh, Texas in 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 the long run, say over the next couple of years, to get completely out of subsidizing private businesses? I I I, I you know, there's that argument about well, we can get. You know, company X, Y, and Z here from California, they will, uh, um, you know, they will uh, bring in uh, X number of jobs, and all we have to do is give them a tax break. What, it, just in the philosophical idea of that, do you, is that something, does that pay off for a state? Is it a decision based on individual companies, or should we just be out of that altogether? Uh, that gets to be uh, 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 a bigger discussion. Uh, I there are uh, private and uh, government relations that can generate positive economic returns, but we have to evaluate from again as a comptroller of a company what is the return to the treasury and what is the return so that we can as we grow this then we can be looking at tax relief for the taxpayers. Mm. When you go through and you take a project and you write it down 80%, okay, uh, the tax base doesn't come up. And right. the idea of the property taxes, as the tax base comes up, the rate goes down. So that this economic development should be generating rate cuts in the property tax by the various taxing authorities. And when we take that instead and say, oh, we're going to give all that to company XYZ or project whatever, right? then the taxpayers end up getting uh, shafted. The short end of the stick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of. Listen, we have a hard break coming up in exactly one minute. So give us your, tell us your experience. That's one thing we haven't talked about. Why are you qualified to be the comptroller? 
Well, I do have a uh, BBA in accounting from uh, Texas A&M. I run a company, TC Technologies, that does uh, uh, the Internet of Things for oil and gas uh, companies. So uh, I do uh, have uh, the business experience. Uh, again, I was able to analyze and come up that uh, uh, on this particular deal, go through and very granularly determine what this program was like you say i didn't know about 313 until five years ago uh myself and then you start reading into it and looking into it and you realize this this is just a uh, a horrible uh convoluted mess all right that, uh, we need to get rid of and we did all and right now we need to mr goldby we are hard break right now so thank you for coming on i'll mention your website later on in the show we appreciate it Generation Radio, where no topic is off limits and everything filtered through biblical glasses. Thanks so much for being here. I know you have a choice of where you can listen each and every day, and I thank you for keeping it tuned here. Matt Long is with us. We joined the Hill Country Patriot Radio Network. Great to be with them here on the Shodan Generation Radio Network. You can find more about us at ShodanGenerationRadio.com and, of course, the Matt Long Show. Matt, welcome. Great to have you, my friend. Man, it's always good to be here with you on a Tuesday morning. So here we go. Boy, we're going to talk border today. Is that the topic? Well, I want to talk about the border. I, you know, I was telling uh, I want to talk, too, about this building in Kennedy, Texas. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the old May Cafe. And uh, Noble Radio Network, which I'm a part of, uh, is offering a $500 reward. For any information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for the arson fire at the 100-year-old Mays Cafe, a.k.a. Humble, in Kennedy, Texas. The fire occurred on January 15th at approximately 10 p.m. Witnesses at the scene observed two persons entering the building at the intersection of Victoria and Escondido Street in Kennedy, Texas. And so there's a $500 monetary reward if you can uh, call 210-744-3797. That's 210-744-3797 with any tips. Or you can send them in electronically to david at noblerradio.com. That's david at noblerradio.com. And I don't know if you... uh you know, looked at at some of the things that are part of the history of this, but just as an example, right? So Elvis Presley, on his way down to Corpus Christi back in the day, stopped by uh, that that particular cafe, called Roy Orbison, who used to live there in Kennedy, and they met for a bowl of chili around midnight. It used to be open twenty four seven. That's some that's some amazing history that took place there. And and that piece of history is gone now, Matt. So is there is there any um, it, 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 do we have any idea why anybody would have wanted to do this? It's uh, 
I mean, it's just uh, seems. Yeah. What's happening down there uh, in Kennedy, in Victoria, and and all across the border, they're they're mess heads that are going in looking for something to steal that they can turn around and sell for, for, for money for their habit. That's what's going on. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're scrapping, they're, uh, they're taking, uh, you know, any, if they can find any kind of copper, any kind of metal that they can take and they can go and turn into a junker and, uh, and, and get some money for that. Uh, anything they can find that has any kind of value whatsoever, they're breaking into these old abandoned buildings and, and pilfering and stealing and, and, uh, and destroying. Hmm. You know, it was amazing. They had a bunch of, they had a cool bunch of cool car collections there. They are calling it a suspicious fire. I'm at an article on the, uh, oh, Carnes, uh, uh, news website, and they are calling it a suspicious fire. Now, Saturday was the day it was so stinking windy. This was the Saturday it was so windy. I think the roof on my, uh, one of my sheds, uh, started blowing off, um, yeah, this is really sad, real scary, and I think it's just a reflection of the uh, the culture that has become yeah. the border region, don't you think? Well, I do. I, I think it, I think it's it's a combination of the border. I just had Christopher Bedford on from the Federalist, and and his his hometown is D.C. He's in Nashville right now, but his hometown is D.C. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, what's taking place there. In, in, I think he said uh, the Georgetown area, there was someone who was shot in the head at point-blank range just the other night. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, and that's, a, you know, a, a nice area of, of, of D.C. I, and and what, we, what we were talking about, and, and I wanted to continue that conversation because I think it's a part of what we're, we're dealing with here, is this overall lawlessness we live in an amoral culture now. I know that you know there's a there's a um, maybe a tendency or or a thought to want to you know point at in D.C. now. As a matter of fact, uh, there is uh, the city council is considering a vote. They put a resolution forward that anyone under the age of 25 should be treated just as a juvenile. So no matter what they do, it doesn't go on their permanent record, and they should just be treated as a juvenile. In spite of the fact that these are violent crimes that these individuals are committing, mm-hmm. um, they want to raise so they so they want to lower the age of you know giving them access to the ability to cause great bodily harm, but they want to increase the age of where the penalties are, and then they want to claim that it's you know the object, right, the weapon, the whatever. And 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 not their lawless behavior, you know, their their approval of lawlessness, man. It's it's insanity. It is. It, it is absolutely. And um, man, I I think the solution lies within itself. I, I, in other words, we're already starting to see some of the cities who went on the you know defund the police campaign in 2020 now begging for uh, you know more money for their police officers. I'm, uh, you know, the only issue is, is that I think it'll eventually solve itself, but there's going to be a de- lot of dead bodies in the wake of that solution. And, uh, that, pro- that probably bothers me 
the most. You know, one of the sure. issues, uh, one of the issues, the um, is that we've never been able to uh, name these cartels as uh, foreign terrorists. Uh, there's a term for it that they're right. like officially right. in, inter, in, international criminal organizations. I think something along that line, right? Or do you right. have the name for it? No, no, I believe that's what it is. And we've been trying to get that. You know, Ted uh, Cruz has been working on that for a long time. Chip Roy recently has been stepping up on that. I believe he has filed several bills. Um, of course, filing a bill as a Republican in the House right now is, uh, you know, uh, it's more of a statement than anything. But I'd still right. rather him file bills than not file them. When, when are we going to get these cartels called for what they are? Well, I, I think the biggest problem that we have in getting the cartels called for what they are, Matt, honestly, is is the amount of cartel money that a lot of these politicians are taking. I mean, mm. there, there's, you know, the, the corruption. We, we've talked for years about corruption down in Mexico and the amount of, uh, of, of influence that, that their money has as it relates to the politicians in Mexico. But nobody really wants to, uh, you know, go out and talk about what it is that they're doing to our politicians here. But let's face it, international criminal organizations, the Chinese Communist Party should be considered an international criminal organization because that's exactly what they are. Uh, you know, the, the, the Russian mafia, you know, is, is not quite tagged that way. I don't believe you can check that, but I, I don't believe that they are. But, but again, you know, until we start having, uh, you know, a, a Department of Justice that is actually a Department of Justice mm. that actually enforces laws instead of going in and, and suing cities for uh you know for for basically going after individuals for breaking the law um you know i mean that that began with the eric holder department of justice where they went into police departments and so forth to determine how they were treating uh you know criminals right and whether or not they were they were you know applying uh, these very leftist attitudes towards the legal system mm. You know, uh, Raul Reyes, um, candidate for Senate District 24 in Texas, um, you know, is very, very familiar with what's going on down on the border. And, of course, we can all agree and we all know that uh, the country of Mexico, for all intent and purposes, is a mafioso state. Um, and uh, so we and we know beyond a doubt that the south side of the border is definitely controlled by the cartels and not the Mexican government. And then Raul tells us, uh, Mr. Reyes tells us that uh, cartels are buying up property on Texas side of the border. Um, we've already had several convictions of judges and uh, different uh, mayors and city councilmen throughout uh, border cities uh, being uh, 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 charged with uh, working with the cartels. This is starting to get real serious. How, how much of our land do we give to the cartels before we start fighting them? Well, let, let's, let's be clear. There are a number of, uh, as I understand it, there are a number of malls that have been, that are owned by, companies that are holding companies for cartels there are cartel very wealthy cartel families that have 
uh, taking up residence in places like uh, Dominion uh, in San Antonio. So, I, I mean, they are they are in us, near us, and around us, and in the middle of us. And uh, and and you know, they also have, of course, infiltrated you know Hispanic neighborhoods. That's why Biden's uh, ratings amongst the Hispanic is so low because they understand what's happening to their own neighborhoods and, and, and to their children and so forth. And they are, they are the true casualties of these radical open border policies. And, uh, you know, I, at the end of the day, the bottom line here, Matt, is this. If we don't get back to becoming one nation under God mm. and his justice, and and his system of fairness and justice, if we don't reinstitute that in our country and get true morals back, people say, well, I believe we've become an amoral society, but someone's morals are being thrust upon us. And the problem is, is that those morals that are being thrust upon us are what are destroying us. And if we don't get back to God, we're going to be in trouble with that. Man, we're running out of time here. That is so true. Pastor Greg, it's always a pleasure every Tuesday to visit with you. And um, we'll uh, keep praying for the borders, uh, the border, and the communities that live down there and for our country, please. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Matt. God bless you, Hill Country. Love you all very much. Be sure and check out ChosenGenerationRadio.com. Thanks, Matt, again. God bless. Bye bye. Mm -hmm. Bye bye. Folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Um, by the way, a couple of, uh, I don't know if apologies are necessary, but uh, just uh, for your information, uh, this has been a crazy week for my wife's business, and so I have been leaving the studio and working for her all week. I'll be uh, doing back, actually, today may be the last day I have to leave here and go uh, work for her company. Um, and so what that caused was some really late posting of my programs. And uh, I want my, uh, uh, the, the, these programs, you know, you can always find them on hillcountrypatriot.com. Uh, the, uh, the, the live show remains there as a recording, which these days is called a podcast. And um, those are there for about a week. And what I've been trying to do, is uh, get them up onto Spotify and Apple Podcasts and numerous other sites where they will stay longer. In fact, every show I've ever posted to Spotify is still there. You can still go back. I started posting in July. So all those uh, programs are there, and uh, it's been my habit. I usually have them up posted by noon on the same day. Well, this last week, that didn't even happen even last weekend, and I got a call on Saturday from someone who said, where's your Friday show? I need your Friday show because, folks, uh, y'all, some of y'all have gotten into the habit of picking these uh, shows up as podcasts. I will be back into regular posting of my podcasts 
Um, probably starting tomorrow, tonight's will, uh, today's will probably not go up until later in the afternoon. So just a brief explanation, and I'll get back into the habit of having those all posted up so that you can refer your friends to them. You know, we've got a lot of interviews on there now with candidates, and I'm going to be getting you more. We had Mark Golaby on today, and uh, we're going to try to get him down into the hill country. Um, he was talking about coming tomorrow, and uh, there was several of us that said, please don't come on Wednesday right before the freeze comes down. <laughs> so um, we're going to work on, I'll talk to him later on today, and we're going to work on getting the candidate for comptroller into the hill country now that's i know it's not as sexy as a senator or a you know gubernatorial candidate but these are positions that are very very important and you know i'm like i told mr Golaby, i'm i'm as ignorant about the comptroller as the next guy uh you know i mean that's about it i know that when you write a check to the state you make it out to the comptroller in certain cases and uh then I know that the comptroller signs the checks uh, that go out from the state. But honestly, that's all I ever thought. And so the revealing today of uh, this Section 313 and Mr. Gullaby going over over it for us uh, was real revealing and uh, shows us the, um, the importance of the comptroller and the power uh, that they have or the ability to... Um, Keep an eye on things like that, and uh, so uh, that's uh, interesting. We need to learn more about each and every one of these uh, positions. I am by no means an expert in it. Uh, we, you know, even when it came to um, uh, attorney general, you know, I had to ask, so what's the job of the attorney general? Um, and so these are things that we all need to start paying attention because every piece of the puzzle makes a difference. And uh, we're finding that out in Texas uh, House and in the Senate that you can elect really good people, really good conservatives in your district, and you can think that Texas is really red, and so your really good, true conservative goes to Washington. I'm, I'm sorry, to Austin, and uh, we see this dysfunction. We see a non-conservative house, and. All of this goes back to each one of these positions is very, very important. Dade Phelan, Speaker of the House, we don't get to vote on that. And, and, that, and, and that's probably a good thing. The House needs to vote on who they want to have their Speaker. But, you know, we know that thing has been rigged for a long time. Went over the history of that last week, um, starting with Strauss, um, etc., and so my point is that even though I may not know who the comptroller is, or maybe I just think he's the guy that signs the check, you know, and he just sits in his office in Austin, and there's a big old fat checkbook on his right, and uh, he just uh, fills them out and signs them, and then he, uh, you know, goes home for dinner. There's got to be a lot more than that. And uh, so if you get an opportunity to meet a candidate for this uh, Mark Gullaby for uh, Comptroller, I, I can't tell you whether he's a good guy or not. All I know is what we had, uh, the conversation we just had, and I'll get that posted up. But um, if you have an opportunity, come find out um, and uh, meet this guy. Um, I'm going to talk to him afterwards. I'm going to see if he will come to our Thursday, our Fredericksburg Tea Party meeting, 
um, on the second Thursday of February. As I quickly pull up my calendar, that is the 10th. The 10th of February will be our boots and our, our uh, um, roses, guns and roses meeting. And we will have Felicia Bull with Gun Owners of America. And uh, we will have... Uh, Beautiful red roses for each and every lady that comes up and uh, get those. Uh, Got to start making uh, chocolate cakes. Uh, I guess uh, probably on Tuesday I'll have to start making up those uh, sheet cakes. Um, so, uh, so that was the first. Uh, uh, let you know that, uh, that my posts are not getting up, but I will get back to that habit. Now, here we go. I got some crazy news for you. As you know, the um, Fredericksburg Tea Party sends out an amazing newsletter every Monday. We have been using MailChimp since I am nearly, I'm trying to think back. At MailChimp, we had a MailChimp account when I first started doing Vacation Liberty School with the Fredericksburg Tea Party in 2011. So, um, 11 and 12. So, We've had, it's been 10 years, we've had a MailChimp account, never had any issues. Yesterday, when the new weekly newsletter was sent out, MailChimp said, nah, it's got some content in it we do not approve of. They would not tell us what the content was. They guided us to a uh, page of rules, um, Fortunately, uh, our friend Tori, who is in charge of our newsletter, she did some. Uh, she did more reading of their rules than I did. Like I said, I was my, my wife had me painting and doing all kinds of stuff yesterday. So I had uh, I had the uh, Tori following up on that. We still do not have the ability to send any emails out. We do have access to our. Um, mailing list and all our data. We have well over a thousand uh, on our mailing list. We have our uh, all our different groups have uh, uh, of their own files of names in there. We have the members only list, so we can't send out anything to anybody. We're hoping it will be corrected. We have a feeling it might have something to do with um, uh, links we have to uh, alternate alternate covid treatment of theories um that could be it um we're just not too sure they're not telling us um and so we don't know if it's going to get corrected this morning uh, the last time i checked it was still not corrected i'll take a quick look over there right now and i'm not seeing anything new from mailchimp so we're still in mailchimp prison if you know, Tori said she's going to start uh, looking into seeing if there are other mail services like that. Um, we will gladly move over and quickly move over. This is a service we've been paying MailChimp. We got beyond, you know, you can do, most people have a free MailChimp account, and you get so many emails and this and that. Well, we went over that free limit a number of years ago and uh, have been paying MailChimp I have to tell you their customer support has been really good, um, but all of that gets thrown out if um, everything good they did for us is getting thrown out the window if uh, they're deciding that our content is not appropriate and they're going to throttle our ability to speak to our members. So 
If anybody out there, all my, hey, Secret Squirrel, if you're listening, if you know of a good uh, a group, a good uh, mail service like that that we can use, um, we would appreciate it. But um, uh, I'm sorry you did not get your Monday newsletter. I actually, um, there, there are people when uh, the newsletter goes out late, um, they actually, I'll get an email or a text that'll say, Matt, did, did the email, did the newsletter go out this week? That's that's how good our newsletter is. People will miss it when it doesn't show up in their box. Um, I'm going to encourage you to still, if you want to sign up for our newsletter, you can do so at fredericksburgteaparty.org, fredericksburgteaparty.org. So, uh, and we'll figure that out, but um, that is where we're at. So for right now, probably... The best way you can keep in touch with what the Fredericksburg Tea Party is up to is we will um, we will uh, tell you on the air here. So tell your friends uh, this is where they need to uh, start. I had this morning a First Corinthians a three scripture, and uh, now I can't remember which verse it was, um, and so I'm frantically trying to speak and read through here at the same time you know what i'm just going to randomly pick uh, here we go i'm going to just start with uh, uh verse nine how about that for we are god's fellow workers you are god's field god's building according to the grace of god which was given to me a wise master builder i laid a foundation and another is building on it but each man must be careful how he builds on it here we go for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid which is jesus christ and so this is the basis and i think in our conversation with pastor greg today this is our answer it is that if we don't return to a moral people if we do not return to a godly nation then these kinds of things what's happening in our country will just it's just going to continue and um we need to pray for our country you know we still um eight o'clock at our house every night the alarm goes off and we stop whatever we're doing and we pray for the country and um we pray for the city and the state and we pray that that god removes the ungodly leaders we don't just pray for a country but it's a specific prayer god take away remove these ungodly leaders replace them with good godly leaders have you set your eight o'clock alarm yet you know our alarm also goes at 805 because that is uh, chip roy's birthday is august 5th and so we set aunt gail sets her, her alarm at 805 and it goes off and we stop and pray for chip roy um, she's got a, um, a, an alarm for Michael Quinn Sullivan that I believe is, uh, around one o'clock in the afternoon. I've had several people tell me that they've started that trick. Joe was telling me that, uh, he uses that every night. He sends a, a prayer email to his brother at the same time. And he said he was inspired by Gail's, um, idea of, uh, setting your alarm to pray for people, to pray for specific prayers. So, um, man, I'm telling you, it's been a good day. We've uh, got the rest of the week is looking great. And um, 
I'm telling you, uh, this Saturday in Austin is going to be a blast. Um, I don't know what the weather says right now, but it is February. And, uh, you know, I lived in Colorado just long enough. I have one outfit that I can go out with in the cold. And, yeah, it's blue and orange, but I'll probably be wearing it to the Capitol this uh, Saturday at 1 o'clock. Y'all stay tuned for Lorraine. We'll see you tomorrow.